Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and today Pastor John and I sit down and talk about our current series entitled Longings, the longing to matter and have purpose, and we discuss how we set the opening tone of a message. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, episode number 35. Glad to be back in the armchair, Pastor John. 35. Yeah, we're cruising along. Yeah, it seems weird um, that we've done 35 of these episodes. Now, some we started before you got here, and then you came in um, probably about episode 10, I think, in. And, uh, yeah, it's. I'm glad that we're doing this again. It's always helpful for me to talk through even just the 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 art and science of of homiletics and um to talk through messages mm-hmm. and helps frame kind of just my thinking about it as well too but before we get into this week's series uh, or this week's installment of our series called longings I do want to talk a little bit about something a little bit more broad because this week you know for those that that are just joining us and have never heard before, you know, Pastor John and I preach this basically the same uh, scriptures, basically the same themes, but because we're two different people, it, it comes out differently, you know. And, and and what people may not know is we don't really talk to each other during uh, beforehand. Beforehand, yeah. I we, mean, may, we may we may say a, say something and say, "What do you do about that?" or "What do you think about you know What are you going to do with this?" Uh, yeah. I mean, I got a preview of yours th- yeah. this week, um, but. Uh, but most of the time, we don't talk to each other. Yeah, we don't talk to each other about it. Um, some of that's because of the design of our the way we have to get the sermons done. Here. Preparation. Yeah, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But the one thing, our sermons were very similar in application and um, and expositional points. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the, we organized it a little bit differently, but mostly it was the same. But the thing that was different is how we introduced yeah, the the the, the getting sermon, into it, getting into the sermon. So I want to talk about, um, and we'll we'll get into the specifics. Um, but I want to talk generally about how you think through opening tone. Mm-hmm. You know, the introduction. Anybody who's ever taken public speaking one hundred and one knows that that opening few minutes really sets the tone for the whole sermon. So yeah. what goes into your mind about how you think through the opening tone of a message? Well, first off, I need to tell you that one of my uh, one of my favorite teaching points that Haddon Robinson, who was uh, I did a, did a preaching course with Haddon Robinson uh, at for my part of my doctorate, and he's this great you know, teacher of preachers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said of introductions, he said, he said, here's the thing about introductions. He said, the congregation is a little bit bored and they have a sneaking suspicion you're about to make it worse. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, I said okay. Yeah, it's his way of saying, make sure you, you put some thought and energy into your introductions because you've got your introductions got to get you into the message and then get you to the point where you're ready to expand on it. And I have noticed that you and I do something very similar. And we haven't talked about you and I haven't talked about this is that some people just say just jump into the text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never jump into the text. Or rarely jump very into the text. Rarely. And I rarely jump into the text very either. Rarely, yeah. I just you know for for me it's like getting the running start into yeah. it because in order to get the get the 
get to the idea of the text, or as Haddon Robinson would say, the big idea of the text. Yeah. You really need to do something that kind of captures that big idea. Yeah. And so to your question about tone, uh, for me, it's just a, it's just it starts with the big idea. It starts with the text itself and trying to ask myself, what is the thing that is being said? And in this case, like this week was, well, you know, and really this whole series is mm-hmm. kind of this way. We're talking about deep, mm-hmm. visceral realities, longings of the human human soul. And that that, that is not, I mean, that just feels like a more substantive. Yeah. And it feels like the, the, the materials themselves um, uh, lean itself toward more substantive things, which is a challenge for me because... You, you, you do I just come in heavy and just keep your foot on the gas of heavy the entire time? Yeah. At some point, you've got to break that tension. So yeah. even when you make the decision to go li- lighter, mm-hmm. like, you know, I thought yours was fabulous the, yeah. with the Guinness Book of World, World Records, Records yeah. and all the odd things that mm-hmm. people people do. At some point, you know, when you're lighter, you gotta you got you to shift and go mm-hmm. heavy it up. And when you're, sh- when you're heavy, you got to lighten it up. Yeah. So it's just that you have that balance in there because mm-hmm. you can't stay on the gas for 30 minutes straight, yeah. 20, 30 minutes straight. For me, it felt like when you when you're looking at the the, the longings of the, the of the life to know that your life mattered. Yeah, I, I, I instantly went to this. What went into was I went I went to all those deathbed conversations. Yeah. that we you and I get, get I, I guess you can call it get to have. Oh yeah, by, yeah. by privilege yeah. and, and responsibility of yeah. our of our role, we get to have those conversations, and those are not you even when there's playfulness and there's mm-hmm. a lot of that that goes on in those mm-hmm. moments. They're still not. They're, they're not they're, light. They're not light conversations. Yeah. You know, you're dealing with substantive things. So I went. That's so. My thinking was, I went to to that thought. End of life. People are dealing with mm-hmm. with heavy things. They want to have some important conversations. And then, okay, let me just capture that in the beginning. Yeah. And then I went to, and that brought, and that the sequence was that brought to mind. I love that scene that I described. I, I yeah, for I, those that didn't haven't heard it so far, you 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 described the end scene of Saving Private Ryan, where Private Ryan is thinking through the, the kind of the charge basically that, that the captain has given him as the captain's dying, you know, earn this, this two word charge. Um, and so that was, that was was emotional. It's an highly emotional. And I put myself in, in James Ryan's place and think, I mean, what would I do in that yeah. situation? And it's, so it's very, very emotional. But it is someone late, late in life looking back on their life and saying, "What did I do? It yeah. did I live a good life?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about- when I when I look at it, for me, the way I, I you know, and I'm thinking through. When I was listening to your message, I was thinking through those those deathbed moments I've been with at, with people, and and thinking through how how they've um, those that that have served the Lord and and those that have lived their life. Um, serving the Lord in their families, in their churches, in, in their, their vocations, they don't, they don't look at death as this moment of, you know, what shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, legacy, you know, they, they know their legacy is secure because they did the best with Mm -hmm. what they could because they, they did it unto the Lord. Um, when I approached it, I started thinking about it vocationally, right? I started thinking about the, the what do people pursue in order to attach meaning? You know, how, how do they, because we, we do all have this longing for meaning and purpose and, and to matter. Yeah. And so much culturally, I think, puts the pressure on, on the vocation, you yeah. know, the, 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 uh, that what career you're going to have, and then that then then you back it up and say, okay, well that you know then what what 
what education do I need in order to make that career? And then what, you know, what, what sort of, you know, civic organizations do I need to be a part of? So all, all the decisions that we make to matter are driven by this vocational thing. And so the Guinness Book of World Records is just a funny way to start. For me, the tone was to get to, because for me, I, there's always this moment where I'm probably going to offend somebody if I go straight into what I really want to say to them, which is if your goal in life is to get to that next promotion, to get to that next uh, accolade or that you've wasted your life, just just so you know, mm-hmm. that's happened. Yeah. And to kind of soft, soften that blow a little bit. I use the humor up front to get get people. I don't always do that, but that that uh, I know it's like you're saying you can't whatever tone you start with, you know, you can't stay there the whole time. Yeah. And so you have to think through the cycle of of tone. You think through, okay, well, I'm starting here, then I'm going to get into, I'm starting here, here, then I got to get into the meat of the the passage, and then where am I going to land mm. with it, you know? And so it's just a matter let of. Me, let me ask you this though: uh, how much in terms of uh, effort for the in, for the creation of the entire sermon, mm-hmm. how much effort, I don't know, percentage wise or whatever, goes into how you how you start? For me, that's a good question. For me, sometimes it's very easy, right? I mean, sometimes you'll read a passage and go, "I know exactly how I want to yep. open this." Um, this week, this week I knew how I wanted to start, but I didn't know the angle, so I was like just kind of searching for the angle. Of okay, how do I get this mentality? So, uh, for me, the the introduction, if I if I can get the introduction written, it seems like everything flows out from that. I agree. You know, I, I feel the same way. There are times, and and sometimes the introductions are a struggle to get oh to get gosh. out. They really are. Like this one this week, this one that sequence that I described mm-hmm. earlier, like the how what I what the text seemed to be saying, what I was thinking about end of life people, and then that pri- saving private Ryan moment. It was like boom, 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 yeah. and then it was just really – it moved quickly. Yeah. So I spent less time sort of developing that because I was really just telling the, telling mm-hmm. the story that is pretty well known by, by many people. Other times, though, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work go that like that, no. no. And then sometimes I think, you know, I, I've had – I don't know if you've had these moments, I'm sure. At, at some point you've had a moment where you've written the whole message – You've had the introduction, and then you're like, wait a minute, that's Introduction not, doesn't work anymore. Now you have to go back and, and kind of either scrap it entirely um, or massage it and rearrange it. Most and, of mine are massaging the, yeah. the introductions yeah. uh, because the, 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 usually the content is, is, is good and the connection is good. It just hasn't been clear enough up front what yeah. you're going to tie it to in the back. Yeah. And so you have to massage it. Very rarely will I scrap, scrub it, but I've had to scrub some introductions. Yeah, yeah. And, and at some point in, in a future episode, we'll talk about transitions from one movement to another. Um, but I, I, for me, the, where the struggle comes in, not often, but when I have to go and scrap it is when I cannot figure out how I got from here to here. You know? <laughs> yes. It's like from the beginning yes. to the end. How did I get from this part to what this part? What was I thinking yeah. at the time? Now, and the best, I think the best introductions, the ones I think that really land with people and land with me are the ones where at the beginning uh, with the introduction, I can then tie it back into the end yeah. um, where you can kind of pull whatever. Yeah. I didn't do that this week, but where you can pull from what you what was stated at the beginning. Yeah. 
to the end, and you kind of create this big this arc. You know, yeah, that, bookends. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. to to add to that, I, I I also will try to kind of pepper that theme yeah. that Which is you did ra- raised in yeah. the in mm-hmm. the um the, in the beginning mm-hmm. i'll try and pepper that throughout the mm-hmm. message to to and, and in some ways that's helping me uh, kind of affirming with me that that the that the idea that is raised in the introduction is going to illustrate the the big idea of this of the text or text uh can be seen in multiple ways and so I carry that through and even to the end yeah yeah the introduction is i think it's for me it's it's almost like the it's it's what causes the dam to break you know, once I, like for this Sunday, you know, for those that don't know, the cycle of, at FPC is the classic sermon gets recorded on Thursday. So the preacher for classic has to be pretty well done before Thursday morning. Now that creates a lot of challenges for me personally. Well, especially with all the other things that we do. Yeah. Um, Tuesdays is a big meeting day, and yeah. so Wednesday and Mondays are, is a, um, for me is a day off. And yeah. Use pretty much a sermon day. Monday become it, Monday for me is always a well, I'll say always. Ideally, Monday is a big sermon day, and then Wednesday, even even in weeks when I'm in Vine. I love Monday and Wednesday to be big sermon days um, so that I am I can really work through it mentally. I do a lot of um, mental editing throughout. I mean, you know, it's constantly in there. It, I, you know the old joke that pr- pastors only work one hour a week. I mean, like for that one hour... There's so much that goes yeah, into that, yeah. and it's, it's and a, you never. Re- I mean, I, I I went to journalism school yeah. as part of the, at the University of Florida. I was in the College of Journalism and Communications, and the adage in journalism is, you're never done with the story. Never. You just run out of time. You it's time never, to go to press. That's right. You're never mm-hmm. done with the sermon. It's just time to. I mean, we could polish these things and work on tweak these things for forever, Ever. forever. And that's what happens. I don't know how, how how it goes with you, but I know on for me, the Thursday message that I preach that we record for classic and then the 10:30 the live is can be not radically different but there is some difference there. I mean, I, I cut a lot out. I mean, people don't. <laughs> I would love for people to hear both of them because they say the the the, the Thursday message that there are there are always notes in there that I realize ah, I'm not going to be able to use it. I, that just yeah. didn't come out at the yeah. way I thought. You know, even if it doesn't, even if nothing changes though. Yeah. Even if nothing changes. Fact that you've done it one recording on on yeah. Thursday, you've done an eight fifteen service, yeah. you've done a ten. Now you're doing a ten thirty service. Yeah. By the time you get to ten thirty service, you're like those preachers who go preach one sermon and yeah. they travel all over the, the region of the country, yeah. and that's the only sermon they preach. Right. Well, after a while, it becomes more internal. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah, for me, I, I, I even with Vine, I mean, I before I get to Vine, before I get to ten thirty Vine, I have run that sermon. I mean, people will ask me, so how many times do you? I do it at least four times, if not six times. Yeah. Um, by the time I get to the actual preaching moment at 1030, I will have preached it. That that will be the sixth time I've preached yeah. it for Vine. And that's just one thing. Um, but but the introduction is the thing that I try to get in my head the most. Because I know if I can get that in my head, I can set the tone for myself. And I set the tone for the rest of the message. I remember... Uh, uh, listening to some sermons and thinking that that the that the introduction really didn't have much to do with the sermon. Yeah, yeah. Or it, it was a very thin connection to the to the yeah. sermon because where they went with the, with the message afterwards, just thinking back on, gosh, that they didn't really 
do anything capture with that, that in, the, yeah. in the in the introduction. It was just some fun or playful or good story that they had heard, and then they just shifted and went yeah. somewhere else. You, you mentioned something, um, and I just want to talk briefly about it. Are there what is the what is the what goes into your mind when you say, you know what, I am just going to jump in. I'm not going to really. Are there times where you're like, okay, I am just going to jump into the passage. I'm not. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put tonal uh, illustrations and stuff throughout the rest of the message. But I really want to jump yeah. in. What are the, what are the moments where you go, really, this message warrants just jumping yeah. in. Is yeah. there are there things for you that really. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just I, I know that some of the some of the illustrations of the text itself that are coming up in the mm-hmm. in the sermon are going to haul the mail. They're yeah. going to do the work, and they yeah. they are going to be power, good and powerful and strong strong uh, illustrations. And it's time to you know just let's just get. Get, get to right them to as it. quickly as possible. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's it. Sometimes the, the familiarity of the text itself, you know, if, if mm-hmm. somebody understands that text well enough, you don't really need much of a setup. Mm-hmm. They understand what it's about. Mm-hmm. It gives gives me sort of the freedom to jump into that. Yeah. Um, so uh, those are the two big things that come to my mind. Yeah, I think the text drives that for me too, because you know, if I if I if I'm if you're in a passage of scripture that is by itself very narrative and very story form already, uh, you can begin to jump into the text in a very um, inviting way yeah. because the text itself is yeah. is the word is it, it, the, I think captivating. It's already yeah. captivating. Yeah, any of the yeah, uh, you know Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, yeah, Joseph, absolutely. all those narrative cycles just start start telling the stories. Yeah. But Book of Romans? Yeah, yeah, you might need to... We're going we're gonna to get a running start. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even like, you know, this week we were in a, um, you know, we're in Ephesians mm-hmm. for the most part. And then the the Joshua story, um, you know, his, his admonition to the people, uh, the Book of Ephesians, you know, is so... Well, not, pretty much all of Paul's letters are so didactic. You know, they're so theologically heavy um and even even the ones that are even like the passages that are super straightforward you do have to kind of bring people into those yeah, a little and bit. you peek under the covers of those and you'll see there's a lot more to those Absolutely. to what appears to be straightforward there's a lot lot more that would have been heard by a first century ear yes yeah so when you're approaching this week we're talking about the longing to matter the longing for purpose um Talk talk to me about. I mean, this 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 was a probably a straightforward um, application point, and we yeah. both pretty much hit very similar application yeah. points. We both got the oasis in. I, both I like got that. the new new ministry yeah. opportunities here in. Um, where was your mind going as you're reading through that Ephesians passage, and then bouncing off the Joshua twenty four yeah. passage? Where was yeah. your mind thinking? I mean, you're well, talking about the legacy thing. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. The, the the move. I think the big moves for this one, uh, and you and I both made them, and uh, uh, the, were to connect that longing. That the, to, to know that our life mattered, that we do a meaningful work, connect that longing to the idea of um, uh, of that. Basically, to, to, we're to put we're going to find fulfillment of that longing in the church as we work. So you did a really good job of of, of connecting that longing to. Um, it's not just about find that knowing that we're going to be have meaning in our being, mm-hmm. but we're going to have meaning from our doing as yeah. well. And and so just that idea that that the doing of our life, the things that we do of our lives, that that was really the move that that you're longing for that meaning. You've been called to be and to do. Yeah. 
and in the doing itself, when you've had a lifetime of that doing, doing, you're going to look back and say, yeah, that's I, my life was impactful. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I really loved that you did when you're tying that to application was um, to be that person of impact in someone's life. There's opportunity. You talked about um, the, the, the people that later in life can remember their fourth grade Sunday school teacher yeah. and the impact and, and kind of putting it out there that you could be that for someone else. Yeah. I, I, I just thought that that image was so great because even if, if, even if people are coming into the church and they're new to the church and they don't have the experience of a Sunday school teacher, they probably have a coach or they probably somebody have, has touched their life. Somebody's touched their life that you can look back and go, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. I, I can be that person. I can matter in that mm-hmm. way. And it was, um, I don't know if you know this, but after that, um, our, our, uh, we had a we had a reception, you know. We had the reception for Brian, for Brian. Morgan, um, our student ministry director, who um, who is uh, is is taking a new position. He's still going to be around, but his assistant um, Anna Burns, um, she was at the reception, and one of the mothers came up to her, just in tears, saying, "You were that. You are that person for my daughter. You are that person for my daughter." And I just thought. Man, what a great yeah. what a great moment for people to um, just latch on to that and say, "Well, now, well, how can I be that for somebody exactly. else?" Exactly, because it does matter. I yeah. mean, it does. I had a I had a guy probably in his seventies come up afterwards and told me the story of his person, his who somebody, was, who, his somebody, and yeah. it was somebody when he was in, you know, middle school. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. made it change change his life. Yeah, yeah, and and. and and I think that the beauty of the church is that w- there there are more opportunities created for that. I mean, we mm-hmm. both touched on children's ministry and student ministry and um, the Oasis Project, which is reaching you know Lakeland High School homeless students, and mm-hmm. who knows what kind of stories are going to come out from that. Um, but I think that the the fact that the church is the is is the place where God has has inspired his people to be on the work of the of the body of uh, to be the body of Christ which that was one of those images that man, it's like if you have more time to say why are we called the body of Christ it's oh, to continue the mission I'm with you on that it's, it's like, to continue the mission of Christ I had to put it as a parenthetical thought when it says body of Christ what we're talking <laughs> about is and I was like oh I want to say so much more right here I know because that to me so that image of the body of Christ which Paul picks up again to, in his letter to the Corinthian church I mean that that ties back to 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 the John's gospel where Jesus you know he's encouraging his disciples to be on mission but it's yeah. not their mission it's, it's his, his mission, mission through them through them yeah. so you made the move though I, I think you did a fabulous job of making that move from and explaining the, that that the the desire for meaning is connected to the action of of, of your life yeah and what was going through your mind as you were kind of connecting that? Because that is a big concept. Like, oh, I want to have a meaningful life. Yeah. Okay. Go. Go do go, something. Go do about something. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big move. Well, I, I think the for me, and it was it, this is not this you know this is not there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, I went. I, I it's so funny because literally uh, about two weeks before. I'm a vinyl record collector. I don't know if you know this. I have tons of vinyl in my house. New new records, old records. I, I listen to vinyl all the time. Um, and and the Florida Presbyterian Homes, they used to have a basically like a, a 
a secondhand shop and people would donate records there. Well, mm. they don't do that anymore. So now all these people that are in their 70s and 80s and, and downsizing have all these records. And what do they do with them? Well, they called local record shops and the record shops said they couldn't take them because the first batch was a lot of classical music and things like that. So I took, I don't know, 400 records at Christmas time. I mean, tons of records. Wow. And most of those I donated to, you know, I just gave to, you know, Salvation Army or whatever, but I took a handful of them, you know, Nat King Cole and Joni Mitchell, I mean, really some good stuff. Well, then there was another batch of them that came in, and this was a really amazing batch. Um, but as I was looking through those records, now there was no Bob Dylan in that, I'm just going to say, but it made me think of a Bob Dylan record that I did have. I have a couple Bob Dylan records, and and he's got the song, you know, yeah. you're going to have to serve somebody. And, and for me, the move is we are going to serve and we are going to serve that which we think matters the most and and how we know it matters the most is how much time and energy and effort we put into that and it could be your financial mattering it could be your educational pursuits it could be you know your your parenting it could be acting you know having this the sure. you know being a civil civic leader or whatever which are all fine things you know um, and I, I didn't soft pedal that at the time, but, you know, what's going to matter from an, an eternal standpoint, which both of us talk about this idea of, look, you can matter <laughs> temporarily. In, in this lifetime. But that's the end of it. There's no legacy beyond that. The only way that legacy matters and, and has an eternal impact and has the grand, glorious, godlike, you know, or, or divine quality is through the body of Christ, the yeah. local church. And that, to me, was the big thing. And and I really wanted to ham, hammer in on the fact that it's not your job, Pastor John, or my job, Pastor Zach, or Dr. Paul's job, to do all the work of the church. In fact, our job is not to do the work of the yeah. church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, to equip the saints. That was in the passage. Our job is to equip the people of God yeah. to do the work of the church. Yeah. Which is the work that matters. My professor said one time, said said to a, to a group of us pastors, he said, because he was on the same point, he was on the, he was uh, the deprofessionalization of the church, yeah. returning the ministry of God to the people of God. The people of and God. he hears what he said. He said, do you want the ministry of the church to be done well, mm-hmm. or do you want the pastor to do it? Yeah. Do you want caregiving to be done well, or do you want the pastor to do it all? Yeah. And his point wasn't that the pastors do a bad job. The point was that pastors can't possibly do all of, all of the things that need to be done. Yeah. And so that's where the people themselves have to mobilize. So we got a little bit of that. Yeah. And and anytime you, you drift into the, the spiritual gifted giftedness and the and the and the people in particular roles using yeah. their gifts, you are going to get into the priesthood of all believers, which we both touched on yeah. as well. Uh, into the priesthood of all believers and the fact that everybody has a um, I, mean, I use the football team analogy. Yeah, right. Everybody's on the field. Everybody's on the field. No spectators. Not a spectator sport at all. And you know, I, I think that was a, a that was the prime thing we wanted to get around. Is we all have this longing to matter. All have this longing to to to, to have purpose. That is the best done in the service of, of Jesus Christ in the church. So. How are you going to do that? Yeah. You know, how, how are you going to do that? The One of the challenges in this passage, in just the last couple of minutes, I want to talk about this, is in Paul's passage in Ephesians 4, he, he pulls out this... Psalm 68. Psalm 68, right? This ascended, descended thing. And we yeah. both kind of tiptoed in it 
I did. I will say this in the 10:30 live service. I backed off of it because when I did it in in the on the Thursday recording, I was like, ah, just yeah, the connection is just not. I'm not making the connection as well as I want to. Um, how did you want to approach that? Because you you did touch on it. You did talk oh, yeah, about it, and yeah. then just, well, my main thinking on that was anybody who just watch it on the screen or listen to me read those words is going to hear the see the first line and then read those next two or three verses and go what what was that yeah exactly and then how is that connected to what you're saying right now so you almost you're almost i mean it is connected first off that's the important thing and then you're sort of obligated if you're going to read that to to draw the line from that to that so you have to go back to the military victor who gives gifts to us those are on his side and ascending and descending was simply a a reference to jesus coming and 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 then going back yeah yeah and and you went through it that's one of those things you could have built if this is where we have to make decisions Decisions. about the point about how far do you go with yeah about the big idea um to, to use your professor's point it's a big idea you could make a different big idea by focusing more on that and then using the 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 other passages as a as an outgrowth yeah. of that, right? Um, but I think you and I both made the decision that the big idea of the entire passage yeah. was not what that passage, that little Psalm sixty eight reference, was yeah. dealing with. That was that was almost uh, Paul's um, uh, supporting documentation. It's this, it exactly. was supporting his this cross reference. Well, and even in the English translations, when you look at it, there there Put is the parentheses. A, there's a parenthetical <laughs> like bracketing. Now, obviously, you and I both know, and anybody who's reading uh, the Greek that's knows that there. that's not there. There, but the translators are making a decision that it is a supporting, it's not the main idea, it's the supporting idea. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make that decision as well, too. But you do, you, you especially in Paul, oh, geez, especially in Paul, anytime you read Paul, he's, he's because he's so brilliant, and he's got, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to talk to him. I mean, it just one run-on sentence after the other, because there's so many qualifying statements. Uh, it's Ephesians especially. I mean, Ephesians chapter 1 is almost one entire run-on sentence. Yeah. Um, but you do have to deal with it to some extent. You can't just ignore it. You can't, I mean, you, you and I both have heard sermons where, People go, well, verse 1, verse 3, I'm skipping verse 2. I'm not doing, I can't, but you can't. Yeah, and in this case, first, those, those middle verses mattered. They, yeah. Because they, they actually helped helped understand how you can get from, because it was, the first verse, verse, first verse didn't say anything about gifts. Yeah. It, it said about grace. grace. Yeah, the grace, yeah. It was the second verse, the, the Psalm 68 mm-hmm. reference that, that inserted the idea of giving gifts to those who were on his side. Yeah. On the victor's side. Yeah. And so, okay, so there's a connection between the grace and the gifts. Yeah. Now we need to see that. And if we don't go back and unpack that verse, we don't make that connection. It's just sort of zone out and all you're left with is grace and then you go from gr- that idea of grace to and there are apostles and there are yep. teachers and there are evangelists and you're like well, how, well how, does how does that, that work? work yeah well and because because when we say the word grace and i said this in my message when we say grace we automatically think of salvation that that's yeah. what that's the totality of what grace yeah. is offered to us yeah. that and that's obviously that's a huge part in paul's overall theology right. but in ephesians 4 the grace is not simply or not on, solely about salvation. Yeah. It's about the goodness and favor it's, and bless and a life that him. lives out that salvation, yeah. right? I mean, that's the thing that, and where James picks up and and he starts talking about you have faith. That's awesome. Uh, show me your faith by what you do. 
and 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 you used a different James passage. The faith without works is dead, mm-hmm. which is a yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's kick, a so, solid solid hit. Kicking the kicking yeah. the gut for anybody who thinks that they can just come to church on Sunday or watch online and not do anything with it. Yeah, um, but, I do hope that I do hope that both as they listen to yours and and mine that that there was some conviction for those who are on the sidelines mm-hmm. and can can do something about it. That there's some conviction that they. Get in the game. Maybe they should get in the game. Get in the game, absolutely. Well, and uh, I think that that's happening. We're seeing, uh, there is a level of excitement at FPC right now around several ministries. I know Buddy Break had a training, which is our, one of our special needs ministries, on Sunday. They were extremely happy with the turnout of volunteers that signed up. So some people are getting it. Well, that and, might have been a direct uh, direct right, connection. That's right. That's right. So uh, this Sunday, we're it's still in the longing series. We have two more weeks in longings. Yeah. This week, we're talking about the, the the longing to be cared for and to care for others, yeah. to carry each other's burdens. And then we close out with uh, uh, the longing for community. 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 Yeah, so, that's the that's the that's the one you keep the one. Okay, the one I say, like, <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I, if you give me a list of five, I'll tell you what the four of them are. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. But uh, so if you have missed any of our uh, previous messages, uh, we do encourage you to check out our website, fpclakeland.org. The sermon archive, you can listen to the messages or you can watch the entire services. They're all all right there. And encourage you to subscribe to uh, Armchair Preaching Podcast. Uh, you can do so through Apple Podcasts or Stitcher um, or on Spotify, or you can watch us, uh, you can uh, subscribe on SoundCloud. We're getting it up and running on the website. It's not quite there yet. Yeah. Armchair preaching, getting back there. But uh, hey, let me also soon. put in a plug. Uh, share this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let, just if you if you're enjoying listening to this, kind of getting the backstory on the on the sermons each week, yeah. uh, be sure and share it on social media. You know, cop, copy the URL and and send it on e- your email distribution list. Go ahead and share it with people as well. We'd yeah. love to get the word out. We're at, we're at, we have fun doing this, and yeah. hopefully it's meaningful for you. Absolutely. Well, thanks, John. Once again, we'll be back next week. Uh, armchair preaching episode number 36 but thanks for hanging out and talking about this week's message it's good stuff see y'all later see y'all later